Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm excited to announce the release of my second novel, Truth, available now on Amazon. Here's a short description. As host of a popular conservative news show, Leo Price's business is conspiracies and fake news, and business is booming. But one picture changes everything. Leo is given a single photo decades old that reveals shocking crimes by those in power. Missing his past career as a real journalist, Leo wants to investigate, but chasing this story could cost him his job and maybe even his life. But forgetting isn't an option. Since his discovery, pale, lidless eyes are creeping into his vision. Nightmares of torture and death are invading his sleep. All he hears are whispers of lies. Something's tormenting him, and it won't let him forget what he's learned. Leo must reveal the truth or be haunted by it. It's a great book for fans of psychological horror or political mystery. The link to purchase it is in the show notes or at my website, RobbieDorman.com. You can also read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. I appreciate you checking it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I love reminiscing about times when I found dead bodies and was traumatized for life. How many How many times is that, Matt? In my imagination or in reality? Because those are two different things to ask, Robbie. Okay. Moving on. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, we have a huge backlog of stuff on there uh, for many from years of doing it now. So you guys encourage everyone listening to go check that out. I appreciate everyone who does support us. This week's episode is The Blunder Years, episode CABF21, originally aired December 9th, 2001, written by Ian Maxwell Graham, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, rating uh, a 12.9 Nielsen rating, which is probably like, you know, 13 million viewers or something along those lines. Um, be chalkboard gag. I am not Charlie Brown on acid, which, which I have to assume is a reference to something I don't understand. And quite frankly, I don't care. I believe it was an early critic has described the uh, Simpsons as Charlie Brown on acid. Uh, uh, critic has never done acid. <laughs> yes, Matt. I'm sure you're very experienced. I am not, but mm-hmm. I know some things about it, and there's mm-hmm. no way the Simpsons could ever. Anyway, I mean, home, the mysterious voyage of Homer. I mean, yeah, in that episode, but Bart is definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. The couch gag, Matt described it simply as Matrix Circle Camera. There's a special name for it, but that's what everybody knows it as. You know, in the Matrix, no, they no. pause, they move Matt, it around. And Matt, then... Matt, Matt, Matt. It's called Bullet Time. That's yeah, what everyone but... knows it as Bullet Time. Family members freeze in midair as the camera pans in Bullet Time from the TV to the couch. It's Bullet Time. Yeah, I Matrix, guess that time. Matrix Circle See, I always, Camera. I, well, okay. See, there's two different ones. There's bullet time or a bullet camera, whatever the hell you want to call it, where you like pause and you can see the bullets moving super slowly. And I always considered that to be bullet time. But like the camera rotating around, that was actually used in uh, The Matrix Reloaded. So I don't that, feel like that's no, that was the same thing. Literally one of the first scene in The Matrix has the camera rotating around Trinity as she's right, she runs right. up. She runs up the wall and kicks one of the people in the face. Um, that's a guest star is. Paul Newman as himself, which I had not, I had forgotten Paul Newman was ever on The Simpsons, or that he played himself, and then played himself yeah. on a ranch dressing bottle. 
which might be the best part of this whole episode, honestly. Uh, uh, Joe Montana as little tiny fat Tony, and Judith Owen as herself. She is the lounge singer in the restaurant. She's also the wife of Harry Shearer. Oh, well, that makes sense to why she's here. Yes. Um, this is also, Matt, dun, 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 the last Scully episode. Oh, yes. You can tell. You can tell. It feels like a transition. It's still got some real weirdness into it, but it almost feels like something was changing. I don't know. I hope. I don't know, Matt. That makes me projecting. I think you're just projecting because there's still other – there's still – the same formula is here uh, largely. I don't know. There's still a lot of things you can clearly point and go, Scully or thing, Scully or thing, Scully or thing. Mostly in the first act, honestly. But there's still other things in here. I think it just hides it really well, honestly. I think it just does a really good job of of masquerading as something that's way better than it is. Uh, I don't think it's bad. It's way better than most Scully episodes, which is nice. They'll leave us with something good on the way out. But I, I, I cannot express how happy I am that this is the last of them. Oh, God, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, we're going to get to it, but this episode actually ends on a sweet note and and kind of funny rather than a horribly tragic or complete non-secretor. And I was just like, wow, uh, this this is... Matt? Really? Really? Um, the Mo thing where he's showing them his um, evidence? I loved that. All right, we're going to have a fight I, at the end of this episode. I'm guys. not going to fight you. I just... I, I will lay out my case, all right? It's not that it's... Again, it's... You're right that it's better than some of the awful endings that we it's better than everyone just going on a surfing safari yes it is better than just cutting to pbs in the last second because they couldn't find an ending yes it's better than that go through every single scully episode and think about the ending and we'll see if this is one of the best ones it's i'm saying it is one of the best ones but that's not a high bar uh no it's not i'm just saying it's nice to go out on something better than everything we've watched for the last you know two years I mean, I would just, you know, it's usually the, uh, all the Al Jean written episodes in the Scully are so the ones that have good endings. Yeah. It's pretty clear, usually. Um, the episode begins with a, a, here, Scull- you're looking for Scully or stuff, Matt? This first act is a Scully or, it's, oh, uh, yeah, that's true. It is just inciting incident to an inciting incident to an inciting incident. There's it's the three layers of like here three layers of obfuscation before we get to the actual plot, and it starts with Marge putting away groceries. She's having a good time because it's getting presents to yourself. I hate putting away groceries. <laughs> I love buying groceries. I do not like putting them away. Largely, well, no, because that that's like working and requires organization, which we all know you hate. What are you talking about? I'm very organized. Mm-hmm, 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 you know when mm-hmm. you. Hey, I've been very good, Matt. All right. My wife was getting on me about how the Tupperware was stored in the cabinets. You know, it no, it doesn't just topple out and fall on you now when, and whenever you open the cabinet. Wow. All right. Uh, weren't we just talking about really low bars? You know, Matt, sometimes you have to set <laughs> achievable goals for yourself. Okay. Not everyone is going to be, you know, you're not, you can't immediately run a four minute mile. All right. You first, you have to just finish a mile. And that's then true. you that's s- true. And then sometimes you have to finish, you know, a hundred yards. You can do a hundred yard, you know, jog. And we'll call Tupperware the hundred yard. Jog. I'm not. I'm not jogging anywhere in Texas. Heat. It's too hot outside. Um, oh, I hear you. But Marge has accidentally bought the wrong brand of paper towels. Oof! Hate when that happens. Mm, it's devastating, honestly. But there is a benefit to her. Her error. 
in her purchase because the paper towels have a brawny oh wait not sorry i don't want to get sued a strapping spokesman who's dressed like a lumberjack um marge fantasizes a little bit about the 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 lumberjack man you're so rugged and manly. Marge, a bee almost stung me today. I felt the wind go right by my ear. <laughs> oh, it's okay, homie. The bee's all gone. <clears throat> Fantasize, Marge. Fantasize about Bernie. <clears throat> hey, you're looking at that spokes, Jack. Well, I can fantasize, too. <clears throat> Ooh, Mama Celeste. Brrr. You touch me, and I catch you. Mm. Oh. Homer, I'll tell you what I told Redford. It ain't gonna happen. Uh. Dear Burley, comma, I've never written to a registered trademark before. Are you a real person or just a composite? Question mark. In either case, I would love a signed photo. Sincerely, Marge Simpson. Matt? Yes? Again, why... Can I ask why Marge is writing a letter to a, a fictional model, a fictional character? Uh, I don't think Marge is all there, honestly. I, I think she uh, doesn't understand how modeling works. I mean, she's a pretty naive girl, really. I. This is not Homer, Matt. Marge is a sensible person. She's not an idiot. I want to. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna restate that. I'm gonna make that on the record. This is my official take on Marge. Not an idiot, Homer is an idiot <laughs> bart can be an idiot marge is not an idiot marge may be naive but naive does not mean think that a cartoon character on a paper towel roll is real that is homer territory well robbie i think you haven't been paying attention to the scully years where marge is whatever the plot needs her to be uh, yes see that's another it's a hey here we are again but she writes this letter to a fictional character thinking someone's going to answer it um, Homer hears that she's, she's doing this and Hey, why would we, we have a chance for characters to be unnecessarily cruel to each other. Why on earth? Why would we pass on this? <sighs> Come on guys. Um, so Marge is excited about, you know, I don't know. She sends, I don't know. Who, who does she send this letter to the paper towel company? That's what I was wondering. Like, who, who do you send this to? The marketing agency? The person who actually hired the guy? I don't freaking know. Exactly. It doesn't... Regardless, she mails off this letter. Homer and Bart see an opportunity to embarrass and 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 uh, to, to hurt their mother and wife, the, the woman they love. They see a great opportunity to hurt her feelings. So they take it. Uh, they give her a prank call. Hello? We have a person-to-person -person call for Marge Simpson. Person to person. Hello, this is Chad Sexington, the model for Burley Paper Towels. <gasps> How did you get my number? I don't know, but I was quite moved by your letter. I'd love to meet you and your family. Shall we say dinner? Oh, my goodness. Perfect. I'll be there at seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dinner with Burley? <laughs> 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 Playing a prankaroo, eh? I was having a private conversation with my wife in the guise of Chad Sexington. Do you mind? Hmm. <laughs> 
So, how was your day? Did anything unbelievable happen? Phone calls, things of that nature? You're not going to believe it. That paper towel lumberjack is coming here for dinner tonight. Tonight? Well, you better get your hopes up. I will. So, Marge thinks a fictional character is coming to visit them for dinner. One's called Chad Sexington. Robbie, I worry that you're bringing me around to your way of thinking because the more I think about this, the dumber Marge seems. <laughs> it's not possible for an adult to be this dumb. I, yes, Matt, I know. I, and I, I put the standard of the Simpsons is that, yes, Homer is very stupid. And Homer has some dumb friends, like Barney, for instance. However, most of the people in Springfield are not in tremendous idiots. And Marge, in particular, is not a tremendous idiot, which she's very suddenly she literally just saw this paper towel guy yesterday and then wrote a letter to this fictional character and then got a phone call from someone that she couldn't recognize as her husband, by the way. Yeah. Only very, very vaguely disguising his voice. Regardless, let's get past all this idiocy. So Marge gets all dressed up, gets the house ready, and then she, we have Chad Sexington's at the door, rings the doorbell, she opens the door, and it's, of course, not Chad Sexington, it's Barney. Barney dressed up in a, in a vague lumberjack outfit, which he is also completely oblivious to why he's doing this. He is just dressed up with a fake axe, and he's upset that he is there just as a ploy to upset Marge, which... Yes, Marge is upset because they humiliated her. And this is how they set up the episode, Matt, by having Homer just be brutally mean to his wife because she well, liked okay. she she momentarily appreciated the appearance of a paper towel spokesman. Homer decided to humiliate her. Okay, so I'm going to slightly defend Homer here. Okay. What he did was horrible. Okay, 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 just hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what the way he went about it is horrible. This could have been a really funny practical joke, okay? If they had not been so, if they had not laughed out loud at her and just pointed and laughed at her, they just uh, if they had just shown up and it had been maybe not Barney, but like a paper cutout of the guy, and they could have been like, "Ha! Did you actually think he was going to show up? He's a spokesmodel. Come on now." And I guess it depends on how secure Marge is in her intelligence. Obviously, normal everyday Marge would have been fine with this. She's like, oh, of course. Why was I so dumb? Everyone could have got a good laugh out of it. But if Marge is insecure in her intelligence, which if this is episode is any emblematic of it, she should be. Or, or if they're just they're really mean about it. And this could have been a funny prank, but they take it too far because I feel like this is what Mike Scully thinks prank should be. It should be just completely scarring and embarrassing for the person you're playing the prank on when they've done something even the tiniest bit dumb. And that's not fun. That's not fun for anybody involved. That's that's all these stupid YouTube prank videos, because some pranks can be fun. Like I said, if it showed up and it was a cardboard cutout and they're like, oh, yeah, this is a composite. Someone photoshopped this together. You know, the, uh, it could have been a funny prank, but the way they did it was horrible. I don't. So what you're saying, Matt, is in theory, there's a way you can make this funny. Yes. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you about this okay. entire episode. In theory, you could make <laughs> it better, but they don't. They make Marge Fair stupid. They make Homer a sociopath in the first in, in this first act. I'm gonna like 
it pulls out of a nosedive after this first act. But my God, this thing is it's nine and a half minutes, Matt. It is li- almost half the episode. Yeah. And we haven't get we don't get to the plot until literally the last 15 seconds. What becomes the plot? It's not even the actual plot. Oh, that's the thing. So the kids, which Bart is complicit in this. I don't know why Bart is suddenly judging Homer. Bart was there every step along the way helping. Yes, he's a child, but it's not like he was he's innocent in all this. But regardless, Lisa and Bart are like, hey, you should make up make this up for for Marge for, for being a monster to her. Take her out to dinner. Uh, so they go to like a magician dinner theater type place. Um, we get uh, a magician that we've never Mesmerino. Yes, Mesmerino. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. I just he's an okay magician, but I I like magicians. I like magicians a lot. Uh, I have a friend uh, who does uh you know uh, uh, nah, what do you call it? You go uh, close up magic, and he's great at it, and it's so much fun. And I feel like portraying magicians as mesmerino is disingenuous okay i'm sorry they're, uh, yeah i know I they're know. offending the close-up magic community with the they are I, they absolutely are. i just all i do is picture uh uh arrested development and the the whatever that they're the, that magician union or whatever it's called with all the um yeah, I can't. Oh, I'm hating myself for not being able to pull it right now. So they go to the movie. They go to the dinner theater. There's a magician there, Mesmerino. He's hypnotizing people. He's a hypnotist, really. I guess. Not yeah. really. Not. He's not doing magic. He's doing hypnotism. You know. I assume. Yeah, he, that's a lot of illusionists will uh, dabble in that as well. Sure. Uh, he hypnotizes Professor Frank, and we get the whole like nerd into uh, Lothario thing happening. We get Smithers, who does drop the fact that he lost his dad a long, long time ago, which is, that's something, because it is like a little sprinkle of foreshadowing, which this episode does do a little bit of, which, that, again, I'll give it credit for that. Like, it does, for it gives us drops hints of, like, the things that will be revealed later. So that's something. That's all right. And then we finally get, finally, Matt, oh my god, finally we get to the, the inciting incident of the plot, where... Homer, of course, volunteers to be hypnotized and then kind of goes crazy. Uh, guys, if you're listening, this is this is a, a clip of Homer screaming a, a lot. I don't think it'll be too loud, but fair warning. Now, you are a young boy, uh, yourself, at 12 years old. I'm 12 years old. I'm with my friends. It's a beautiful summer day at the old swimming hole. Oh, my God! Ah! 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 Do something, Mesmerino. Uh, yes, yes. Um... Oh, that's better. Ah! 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 Dad, what's wrong? We better get him home. That was fun. Thanks, Robbie. I actually like it. <laughs> it's the one thing I really laughed at in this first act. Uh, I laughed at all the screaming, the constant screaming. It worked on me. 
Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that, Mister? Oh, the prank phone call could have been funny. All right, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Telling uh-huh. me I can't laugh at Homer's. It's simple. All right, it's a simple thing of Homer just screaming and going about normal life, even as he's screaming. I think it's funny. Um, but Homer was a twelve-year-old reliving something. Starts screaming, and then we go to a commercial. Nine minutes and 24 seconds at the end of this episode, Matt. I want to emphasize this again because this is my biggest point of criticism about anything in this episode. Nine minutes and 24 seconds in, we go to Act 2. And when we come back, uh, we have Homer and... Uh, not Homer. Uh, Lenny and Carl bringing Homer home from work because... Uh, they're tired of the screaming, which obviously he would be very quickly. Uh, and it kind of goes terrible from there. Sorry, Mrs. S. He was kind of disrupted things at work. Yeah, you're on nap time and quiet time. Oh, Homer, you poor thing. Oh, cool. He's still mental. Yeah, my hunch is he's struggling with some sort of repressed memory. Hmm. How do we unrepress it? Well, the Yaki Indians brew a special tea that unlocks memories. It would be a good excuse to use my Yaki tea set. Well, is anything coming back to you? Oh, <laughs> there have been so many classic Simpson moments. I remember that time I tried to jump over Springfield Gorge. No, Dad, everyone's sick of that memory. Try to remember back when you were 12. Something frightening must have happened. Hmm, 12. Well, I remember I used to go hiking a lot with these two guys. So, yes, uh, basically, at this point, uh, they have calmed Homer down, so he has finally stopped screaming, uh, and they are going to get uh, the the truth out of it, essentially what happened uh, that day. Um, So... At this point, uh, Homer drinks the Yaki Indian tea, uh, and he starts remembering what's going on. And we get a flashback uh, that I don't record because it's kind of boring. Uh, it's Homer walking in the, ho- in the woods with Lenny and Carl. Uh, they're singing and talking about stupid things eventually. Uh, and then eventually, partway through the recollection, uh, Mo shows up uh, and is rude essentially uh he shows up and is like what do you mean why am i here my two best customers are are are, are my well, three best customers yeah, are right here to be fair i i i mean he's not that i mean it's none of this matter I and mean, it's all like this is all pretense matt like it's all like and that's again it's just like homer drinks some tea and then he's telling a story and they're kids there are 12 year olds, which, like, that's interesting because it's like, hey, Lenny and Carl and Homer have been friends since they were 12. Even though we never see Lenny and Carl at, in high school but back in the day, but whatever. Mo is there around too. Um, it's something. And having Mo there to. I'm honestly totally cool. Mo is like a nor- act like a normal person for most of this episode. So I'm fine. He's not that rude. Why is it? Why are Lenny and Carl there? Because they drop off Homer's screaming. Like, what, a, what? Do we need more pretense? Literally, like this is half as dumb as Marge, like sending a letter to a fictional character. Essentially, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got another. You're not wrong. Anyway, uh, I did capture some of the flashback. Uh, it's basically when uh, you know Homer and Lenny and Carl get stopped by Fat Tony and. Uh, you know, Mo saves the day. 
You guys have blundered into our secret tobacco patch. Wow! Is that wacky tobacco? The wackiest. Let's punch and kick them! <gasps> Not so fast! <laughs> uh oh, he's got a daisy! We better scram. 18 more pumps. That could break the skin. Yeah. He thinks, Moo. And that's how a troubled young Mo saved the day. Mo, what are you doing here? What am I? My bar is empty, is what? Why ain't you guys there? We're trying to uncover a hidden trauma in my dad's childhood. So, yes, uh, Mo shows up, uh, and apparently he knows more about what's going on uh, because he tries to do some, or he, he drinks the Yaki Indian tea and does some truly awful uh, Jerry Lewis impressions uh, and picks up in the story because at this point, apparently Homer doesn't remember what happened essentially. Uh, so the kids go to the quarry. All of them are basically saying, Oh, there's no way I'm jumping in there. Only the idiot would jump in there. So of course Homer jumps in there. Uh, the reason they're saying this is because it's like a 30 foot drop into nothing but mud. There is no water in the quarry. Uh, somehow Homer is unharmed by this, which, you know, skull years, no consequences, blah, blah, blah. He does yell in pain. He does. He does yell in pain, but then immediately gets up and goes poking around in a nearby uh, sewage pipe and finds a dead body. He pulls the dead body out or it falls on him, essentially. Uh, and then, you know, obviously he gets uh, starts screaming and, and that we have figured out the trauma that has caused Homer to go basically insane at this point. And a scant few minutes later, we are at the end of Act Two. We go to commercial. This is the actual plot now. Mm -hmm. there's a dead body there sure is there's a dead body it's who who's the dead body that's the mystery that's this is the meat to me all right the idea that homer is like because the plot is obviously not oh homer is traumatized and needs to get over it because he's already over it by the time he drinks some tea it's over there's no more trauma for homer at this at this point so that is not the plot of the episode the plot of the episode is we there's a, a dead body down in this quarry, and we we don't know who it is, and we need to know who it is and why they got there. So it becomes a mystery at this point. You agree? Uh, yes. We don't know what happened, but we know it caused Homer trauma. Yes. And so this is the plot. The plot is we need to find the dead body. We need to find out who it is and how they got there in eight minutes. Well, if only we had a whole 22-minute show to go through this, Robbie, we would have plenty of time. Yeah, I can I I can think of many good Simpsons mysteries, you know, that mostly Sideshow Bob episodes, but, you know, there's also, you know, Who Shot Mr. Burns and various others along the way that I feel are a good, are a good template to look at. Like, whenever I talk about how the plotting is lazy in some of these episodes. It's not like you got to come up with this stuff from scratch. You just look, at, especially now, this is season 13. You can just look back at the hundreds of Simpsons episodes, of Simpsons episodes that are already there that are similar to the one you're doing and see how they did it and go, okay, we're going to do something like this. We just take this general shape and we move it around a little bit. Make, you know, smudge the, 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 uh, the registration numbers a little bit so people don't recognize it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you turn back the odometer, you swap right, out the VINs. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. You just you make it so that people don't immediately go, oh, it's this episode again. But it's still there that this general story shape is all you have to do. But 
they spend 14 minutes getting to the central plot, one that could have started way earlier in this episode. So much. It's not hard to get to this point. You could have them walking through the woods and Homer recognizes the quarry and starts screaming. And well, the- honestly, you could you could start this episode with them going out to dinner at the magician place, and that would have chopped six, seven minutes off easily. Yes, exactly. They're, they don't need a reason to go out. I don't know why it does that. But it's just that it just it that is what is fueling my criticism of this episode. It's just it just wastes so much time and this plot could be so much more than it is. I don't find it that impressive. It's more impressive that I guess they don't stumble over themselves in while they're doing it. And it's not, I, I don't know. We get to act three here. Act three starts. Sounds the, the Simpsons fam, the Simpsons boldly proclaim that this is a Simpsons, uh, a case that only the Simpsons family can solve. You found a corpse when you were 12. No wonder you've been so traumatized. It's responsible for everything wrong in my life. My occasional overeating. My fear of corpses. (laughs) What I want to know is, what the heck was that body doing there? Maybe there's murder afoot. Murder must foul? Maybe. You know, if Dad never told anyone, that body must still be out there. This sounds like a case that only the Simpson family can solve. Oh. Okay, uh, well, we'll just be going then. Hey, you guys can come with us. No, 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 he said Simpson family. I mean, you know, it sounded exciting, but, uh, you know, we, we don't want to intrude. Thanks for understanding. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll see ya. So they... I want to know how you feel about that joke, because I actually really enjoyed that joke. I I thought it was kind of surreal, but in the good way. I don't... If this joke... Okay, here. It's all a matter of context, Matt. I think if this joke is in an episode that actually uses the time well, and actually is a mystery... This this episode's not a mystery. It's a mystery for like three minutes. For three minutes, we don't know why who the dead body is. And we immediately discover, because they don't have time. Because they've wasted all of it. So we don't have any... There's no mystery in this. The least is like, oh, it's a mystery. And we have to... All the other guys, goodbye. And like, if it was actually... If this happened way earlier in the episode, and there was actually like multiple steps to get to the solution, to the answers. All right. I'm fine with that. That's a good joke. But... Mo and Lenny and Carl are barely in the episode. Mo's there for like three minutes. Like literally, he's in the halfway through Act Two. He shows up and oh bye. And then they use that as a callback at the very end to waste more time. By the way, which you're so happy about that. That's I'm gonna. Hey, wh- no one is getting hurt, and it's just <laughs> okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, so they leave. They go by. Say goodbye to everyone else. So it's just the family again. They drive to the quarry we get some jokes about the quarry about it's a th- stone's throw away we get a shot of Matt mesmerino like looking at his bills again what is what how are you using your time what is this why are we getting why matt i'm gonna this is a serious question okay why are we seeing the simpsons driving to the quarry to waste time that's what it's filler who cares like you don't unless it's it's 
it, it is literally there for two jokes. It is a, a a bad dad joke about Homer of saying it's a stone's throw to the quarry, and then a shot of Mesmerino, an elderly, an el- like a Mesmerino, like looking at his bills or his bank account. What I just cut to the quarry, guys. Just cut. Yeah, there. You well, that's sk- what they usually do. And, skip the yeah. boring parts. You skip the boring parts. If uh, okay. So the family is family goes to the quarry, and they run into Chief Wiggum. He's there for some reason. I mean, to be fair, Matt, he they they he says why he's there. He says, "Oh, I was driving around. I saw your car parked out there. I was worried about you." That is a good enough reason for a cop to show up at a place. That you know, you're right, but his reasoning is just baffling at best. It, Matt, again, I this is one I will defend with the it could be so much worse. I think it could be his reasoning okay, could be really you are bad. Very cherry picking which ones of it could be worse. So much of this episode could be worse. It's true. I'm just saying that. Hey, you need if like hey, as a structural structural thing, you need. I want Wiggum to be there because we want a police officer there. Mm-hmm. How do you do that mechanically? How do you get Wiggum to the court? Either they stop and like stop at the police station and explain all this stuff, and then suddenly Wiggum's with them or like escorts them there. You can do that, or you can do this, where Wiggum just shows up because he saw they're been parked, or like Wiggum's there. Like this is the other reason. If there was more time in this episode, they could have a better reason. Wiggum could be introduced earlier in the episode. Well, yeah, because if you're going to introduce a side character, it should be a side character that's there for a quick joke or the entire episode. And so, but then William shows up, sure, whatever. They the they are trying to find the body. They're throwing, like, hooks in, trying to grab it. But Marge has the idea of, hey, I'll throw in the paper towels, and they'll suck up all the water. Because we, we she had demonstrated earlier in the episode that she could, it, they're very absorbent. So that's I guess that's, an, again, that's a callback? You say that in a note. At least there's a callback. I don't know why and Marge it makes has... It feel like those first six minutes were not uh, completely useless. <laughs> I don't know why Marge has, like, a dozen paper towel rolls in her car. I just assumed she went and bought them, but, you know, it's not clear. Regardless. She sucks up the water with some paper towels, and they find the body. Uh, we'll never find the body under all this water. Water, eh? Early to the rescue! Oh, that is so cool. Hey, what's that over there? I don't get excited. It's just a skull-shaped rock and a bunch of white sticks. It's the body. And someone has eaten the flesh. Mm-hmm. And whose body is it? And who sent it down that pipe? Now do you believe dead rats float, Lisa? Yes. Well, looks like the end of the line. That means our murderer could be on the other side of this hatch. What are you doing in my corpse hatch? 
Montgomery Burns, you're under arrest for murder. Uh, did I say corpse hatch? I meant innocence tube. Okay, that's a good joke. Corpse hatch, innocence tube, Homer, yep. random yep. non sequiturs about rats floating. I like that. But there, there is, okay, so there's one question answered. Who, how did the body get there? Burns put it there. Of course, because, you know, Burns is always uh, d d depositing bodies places. I don't know. And that's fine. And then, okay, so well, then we have the question of who is the person, who's the body? How did that person die? Who are they? And we discover with a, Matt, I have, again, it's just laziness. It's just like, hey, we could do this in a flashback, which they've done in this episode already, where it could have Burns, like, reminiscing about and telling this story to them. But then they need evidence for the for Wiggum because he's so he's so always so important about yeah Wiggum loves needing evidence for to arrest people. Well, of course. So they have so so Burns pulls out a eight like a eight millimeter tape or something or six I guess it's eight millimeter or sixteen millimeter tape uh, and from security cameras which I I don't know this is a uh, this is a pet peeve of mine Matt in all of okay. all of film. In television, <laughs> when they present security footage, and then it is shot as if it was like normal, like it was shot, like a cameraman moving around and zoom pan shots, moving in and zooming in and out. Security cameras don't do that; they're static. They might pan back and forth like by a foot or something. Maybe well, Robbie, that's just storytelling. You gotta give them something here. Yeah I, I, yeah, I just told you how they did that, Matt. They would have birds just tell the story in a flashback. And then you can do whatever you want, but it's not just that I hate it. In and it, you know, I feel like it's if you're going to commit to kind of a, a, that narrative style, it has to be one a fixed shot or cut between various fixed angles. But it's not. It doesn't even. It just says security footage in the corner. But then it's moving around like there's a cameraman. I'm like, well, who's filming this? Is there some nameless sh sh schmuck that that Burns has made film all this stuff that's going on? No, yeah. that isn't true. So we discover through this footage that this the the body is Smithers Senior, and then he sacrificed himself to save the town. If you see only one film this year that proves my innocence, make it this one. Why are these numbers so high? Why is that red light flashing? And what's that alarming sound? Smithers, get in here, Smithers! Sorry, Monty. I was feeding Waylon Jr. Will you put that baby down? There's something wrong with the reactor core. I better go in and have a look. No, Waylon Sr. It could be filled with atoms and steam and other nuclear bric-a-brac. This reactor blows. The whole town is doomed, including my son. <laughs> so, you're a baby, huh? How's that working out for you? He did it! Look at your heroic daddy in there. Making funny faces, falling to the floor, shedding his hair, lying perfectly still. Oh, dear. Sir. Oh, yeah, so, so sad. sad. So sad. I... I'm, I don't, I'm, this does nothing to me, Matt. Really? Why is that? Because this is a great idea. It is absolutely fantastic. 
it adds it, it's a such a it's such a great chance to add a lot of depth to Smithers' character and to give it some backstory to Burns himself because he and maybe why Burns right. hired Smithers in the first place, their connection to each other and give a character an heroic out and also explain the mystery and like it connects everything together. But this is literally, literally the first time we've seen Smithers Seniors on screen. And then he dies within 30 seconds. We don't know anything about him other than that he was Smithers' dad. Smithers is an infant at this point. He's being carried around like a baby. Mm-hmm. He's maybe one years old, if that, right? I assume. And Smithers is at a pl- nu- nuclear plant. Why? Who would know? The, uh, I don't know. I mean, I get where you're going with this. I just took it at face value. It's convenient to the plot. He's at the plant because it's convenient to the plot. They want to show that how they're connected. And they want to have that moment where Smithers' little baby is like, sir. And they have like a little sad, sad little musical note there, musical cue. And we're like, oh, Smithers Sr. died. He sacrificed himself. Um, why is he also, why is Smithers Sr. in the Raptor Corps? Why did he have to do that? They don't give us a reason just because. Exactly. I don't need I don't need like science or anything. I do want a line that says, oh, no, I have to go into the reactor core. All the fail safes have failed. If I don't go in there, I, I have to manually do a thing or we'll all die. Robbie, we, they don't have time for this. They had to show them in the car on the way to the quarry. I know, Matt. I'm really I'm trying not to yell. And this is the thing. I appreciate that. As I'm someone who's listening to you. I'm trying not to yell. I'm trying to be stay calm. That's my whole point about this episode. Is that, yeah, on the surface level, it's fine, I think. And I think, ultimately, I still think this episode is fine. It has some fun stuff happening. The mystery itself is interesting. There's really great ideas here. But they waste so, it's so inefficient. It makes me angry, frankly. Because that's what Simpsons always did so good, so well, is just, they were incredibly efficient with their time. There's all, every moment, it was just jam-packed with detail and humor and character all at once and this is just this episode is a waste because you could spend time in the first act that nine minutes of the in the first act of paper towel rolls and chad seckington's and pranking marge and making marge look like an idiot how about you show some moments with smithers reminiscing about his father or like or saying i don't really remember my father uh i lost him when he was when he when i was young and a little bit more detail there. Burns talking about working with Smithers' father before he died. And giving us a little bit more foreshadowing about, oh, he uh, giving us clues later on. Because R- Smithers' um, there's Smithers' father is mentioned one time in that first act at the dinner at the dinner theater. Briefly. And then, oh, it's Smithers' father is the dead body. Okay. Something. But I want more. Give us, give me, make it mean something. Give us, make it have gravitas. Because if we are invested in Smithers Senior and more than, oh, he sacrificed himself to save the town. Yes, that's heroic. I don't know who he is. Why do I care that he did this? I don't know anything about his relationship with Burns. I don't know anything about his relationship with his son. Where's the mother? We don't know about that either. It's just, it's just, it's just random. And it's just random, like, hey, I'm trying to make you feel things. I'm random evocation of emotion. And like, hey, you know Smithers a lot. So seeing him abandoned as a little baby by his father is going to make you feel sad. Yes, of course it will. But also, where is his mom? 
Yes, exactly. Where is his mother? And what did Burns raise Smithers? Certainly seems like that now. Which that's never been mentioned before. Ever. And makes the Smithers' uh, supposed attraction to Burns even creepier. Yes, it, that is very problematic, by the way, if that's what this episode yeah. is implying. I don't really know. So we see that Smithers Sr. has sacrificed himself to save Smithers back in the day, and that's his body. And Burns just hit it for some reason. Why would he hide the body? Uh, because uh, cover-ups were all the rage back then. That's not an answer, Matt. I know it's a funny joke, but that's not an answer because... Burns would not get in trouble for that. For what, covering it up? No, Burns would not get in trouble for someone else choosing to Ah. sacrifice themselves. Burns was... He's not culpable for that. There was a meltdown, and and if you have, like... All you do is write out a reason why he wouldn't be culpable, and then there's no mystery at all. Like, it's all contrived. All of this is contrived. More and. And not even that it's contrived, it's very visibly contrived, at least to me. I immediately am just well, going, yeah, well, to anyone with half a brain. Yes, exactly. So, okay, Smithers Sr. is dead, we know who the body is, we know why it's there, we know who put it there. Mystery solved. And then Smithers shows up, I guess, and is okay with it? Smithers Sr. gave his life to save the plant, and since cover-ups were all the rage back then, I shoved his heroic corpse down the sewer pipe. Guy never told Smithers the truth about his father until tonight sir <gasps> smithers jr <laughs> busted now oh, the movie's turned into a play still good though i'm sorry i lied to you Waylon, but i wanted to spare you the details of your father's gruesome death well i'm glad to know he died a hero instead of that other way <laughs> i told him his father was killed in the amazon by a tribe of savage women i hope it didn't affect you in any way we'll never know sir so Smithers is just totally cool with all this? Yep. Totally cool with never knowing the truth about how his father died. I mean, he you knows know, now. Why would he be mad? Yeah. That's the other thing, Matt. Like, you have to treat them like they're people. Right? Well, you do if you're not Mike Scully. If I discovered that, okay, I never I never knew my father. He died when I was a very young man, or a young baby in this case. Never knew how he... I was told that he died murdered by a tribe of savage women, Amazons, I assume. And then I later discovered that my employer, who I'm almost obsessed with, had actually covered up his death and never let him get buried. Just put him in a sewer and just let his body hang out for decades. I would be a little bit upset. Maybe. I yeah I you would probably be extremely upset but the point here Robbie is that there's a joke about women killing his father that turned him gay ha 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 yes I know yeah I I yes Matt I I I understand it's terrible um that's what I'm saying this is a thin veneer of a real episode that is at, as soon as you like just touch it it just falls apart it crumbles underneath your fingertips well yeah um. And then they go home. That's it. They we boom cut out. We cut from there to the Simpsons at home. Homer has Smithers Senior's skull in a box that he's keeping. I'm gonna repeat that, Matt. You were saying this ending isn't terrible, and it is sweet. No, 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 no. I am literally just talking about the part where Mo shows up and the family humors him. Okay, well, I want to say, Matt, there <laughs> before that happens, right before that happens, we literally have Homer 
Owning a man's skull. Nah, that's not part of the ending, Robbie. That's obviously part of the main plot. Homer owns a man's skull, and he's just totally cool with it. Uh, Marge is just like, maybe you should give that back. Maybe Marge should be a little bit more like, hey, Homer's a sociopath. I should get a divorce. Well, yeah. Matt, if I married anyone for a long time and then suddenly they start collecting bones from humans, (laughs) I'm out. Pull the cord. Goodbye. Uh, But then we do get after we've learned that Homer is collecting body parts of dead people. uh, Mo shows up. Uh, he has evidence, quote unquote, and uh, Marge and Homer humor him and let him sit down and talk about all his evidence, uh, which is him. It's mostly like Mo rambling about having a band aid and uh, a letter, a number from a, a house, which it could be a six or a nine. Um, and he keep they he, Mo keeps talking about random stuff he's collected over the end credits. And that's the end of the episode. Yes, no weird. Like Robbie said, going to surf or uh, there's nothing involving the Loch Ness Monster. This is one of the better endings if you just talk about the, the Mo thing. I would. What I see, Matt, is them wasting more time. Also true. But which is better than the actual end of this episode. I I don't know. It, it It's it's fine. It's fine. Like, because I, I feel like I've just been so desensitized by the Scullyers that this is fine by comparison compared to all the misery we've lived through the past few seasons but it's still not i this is not a good episode it's not even a mediocre episode it wastes a bunch of time it's inefficient it mischaracterizes characters like marge is not marge likes paper towels okay that's fine marge is not an idiot who writes letters to fictional characters and I'm not just going to let it go because it was in the first act. It shouldn't be in this episode. It shouldn't be here at all. I don't know why they're so they're so impressed with it. Oh, we can just write nine minutes of garbage before we get to a plot. Why? That's probably easier for you because then you're less beholden to like having to follow like a set path and, you know, plan the plot, and make things matter throughout the whole thing. Um, but it's not what I want. It's not good. It's just nonsense. It's family guy. Which I don't watch Family Guy. If I wanted that, I would watch Family Guy, which has existed now. It, it, by the point in this, by the time this episode came out, I could have just switched over to Family Guy. Which, yeah. Matt, I'm going to tell you, people did. <laughs> they, I'm sure they did. They saw this and were like, I've got something better over here. It's it's even more nonsensical. Well, it's, I it, I mean, for a while, and then it got canceled, and then it came back. Um, you know, Family Guy at that point was better than The Simpsons, largely. Um, I don't know there's some good lines in here there's like there's always even in the worst of the scully years episodes there's still clever writing here and there there's good solid gags and jokes um there's some, and like this does have like a charming ending because mo is not a sociopath you know mo is just hey hey i wanted to try you remember how i left you behind you left me out you know you kicked me out of the house and i went so i went and did it on my own and that's fun you know and they, you know, it does have callbacks to previous, like, they, there is a, like, rudimentary foreshadowing of some stuff early on, but it could be so much better. And it's just, I don't, a mystery lasts more than three minutes. Why is there not? Ideally. <laughs> or, like, read, have these guys read a mystery before? Have they ever, like, all you have to, like, watch, like, Columbo or something. Like, it's not complicated, like. 
<laughs> just have it has to be more than they find a body, they go up a pipe, and then Mr. Burns is there. That's not there has to be like sleuthing involved and investigation and, and like there's clues left behind and they okay yeah, they f- there's just there's just something that, that that they don't know and then they find out they found or hey they find the body it still has a lab coat on with like half of an id the name is worn off but it has some information so they go track down that information and it leads them to a place and then then that place has more another clue that leads them to Smithers, let's say. And Smithers is just is like, I don't know. And then blah, blah, blah. And then eventually we realize, oh, he's actually about Smithers' father. And, and blah, blah, you know, you lead them on a little chase. There is no chase. There's no track. There's no crumbs leading to the solution. It is literally a single journey through a pipe. The, yep. an- the mystery is, hey, there, here's a body. Where are the answers? Oh, they're through a pipe. They don't have to solve any mysteries. They don't even have to, like, get... There's no physical, even, uh, journey they have to... Like, it's not even, like, a tough pipe to get through. This is not like Andy Dufresne. This is just like, hey, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's just a pipe. And then they do it... They undo, like, a wheel. And then Mr. Burns there, and he has a handy videotape. They'll explain everything. I'm like, really? This is what it is? We don't have Mr. Burns, like, pontificating about... Oh, actually, uh, Senior Senior... Uh, Smith Senior was a, was a great worker of mine, and we were very close, and... He he occupied the same kind of role that Smithers does now. He was my right hand man. He helped me out. He actually was essential to the form, the foundation of this plan. It would not be the the thing it is today without him. Any of that could be thrown in there, Matt. They don't do any of it. They, it's the, the 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 barest amount of effort. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a downer. I this episode is probably it's not this it's not as bad as I make it sound. But I can't. I'm so happy the Scully years are behind us. I can't not state that enough. This episode is fine. I, I don't know about fine. I mean, for the skull years, it's fine. Uh, for for you know any other, it's it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sounded way more positive about it uh, before we started recording. Right? You seemed well. These, these yeah. notes, these notes seemed downright optimistic at moments where you're like, "Hey, well, yeah." The more I listen to you, God, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. I'm not gonna be. Just, know, I'm not gonna be I nice, know. and I'm especially not gonna be nice to Mike Scully. Well, no, that's that's ludicrous. He ruined well. my favorite thing, Matt, and that's not hyperbole. <laughs> well, 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 it'll get better, I'm sure. I mean, with fits and starts, yes, it will actually. Yeah, I, I can, I, yes, appreciably, it does. Over the few next seasons, it does get better as they slowly shed themselves of all these bad habits and make occasionally good episodes again, and good, good, ep- like actually good, not just good for Scully years. Which is like a disclaimer we put on multiple episodes so far where it's like, it's good for the Scullier's episode. And that's what this one kind of lays. It's like, for the Scullier's episode, it's all right. It's all right. That's the best we can say. That's that's our review of this episode, guys. It's all right. It's like an air mattress with a lot of holes in it. (laughs) Yes. Where like you fill it up and you go to sleep and it feels like a real bed and you wake up, you're on the floor at like 5 a.m. Yeah. Where you're like. Oh, right. There's a lot of holes in this air mattress. Oh, my back. <laughs> my back really hurts. We'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Um, is this episode broken, Matt? Uh, Got reaction. <laughs> Got reaction. No, it's not broken. It's okay. just poorly executed. Okay, I agree. It's not broken. Um, I don't think... I. It could be so much better, but it's not broken. I, it works on a functional level, I think. Yeah. Um, We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments of the News here. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. 
comes to the news groups where it comes to the old Alta TV Simpsons news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, any other interesting information. I got a handful of reviews, Matt. Uh, I got I got three reviews for you. Okay. First review. Woohoo! A return to form. Much better than last week's episode, though I liked it too. Homer was acting most of the time like his old level self. Barton Lee's had meaningful roles, and Marge had a subplot. Well, sort of, of her own, which actually connected to the end with the main plot. I've always been biased when it comes to flashback episodes, and especially Young Homer. This one was no exception. It was packed with meta humor. This sounds like a job only for the Simpsons family members. Uh, good jokes and good characterization. Sort of a rushed ending, though for some reason I didn't seem to care. Put them all together, yet a well-deserved A. Uh, next. Sure. <clears throat> Once again, we rush through parts of the story that I think could have been a major plot point. In this case, Wayland Smithers Sr. and his death and Homer's boyhood, which on their own could have been expanded into another episode or another half of an episode. The Blunt Years wasn't really a poor episode, but I didn't find it particularly funny or moving. Or, well, it was a valiant effort. And tying the end of the story the beginning of the story with the Braley paper towels was absolute genius. Just that point helps bump this grade up to a B. And finally... Mike Scullier comes to end with a rather average outing here that was not memorable nor horrible, which might be a good way to sum up the Mike Scullier to sum. At least we finally know why Smithers is gay. C. That's not why he's gay. At least we finally know. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's the C. Oh, that's how okay. people think, Matt. That's how people think. Yeah. That's not why. Guys, that's not, how he, that's not why Smithers is gay. Um, that's not why anyone's gay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yes. Also true. Um. The singer-pianist, of the, I already mentioned the Judith Owen, the singer-pianist at the Pedimento Grove, is uh, Harry Shearer's wife. She is an independent artist in L.A. scene. You heard, we heard her singing to Helen back. Uh, the other topic that got raised in this, in the, in the news group, was, I, and obviously, this doesn't really, any of, none of this matters because none of it sticks. Like, most of the Simpsons stuff doesn't stick. Continuity doesn't stick. But it is still a question, just for this one episode, is Homer is tw- there. It's about age. Ages of characters. Homer finds, definitively, Homer is 12 years old when he finds that body for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the body is semi-rotten, but still has flesh on it. It, is, it is, still is wearing clothes, also. Mm-hmm. So how, Matt, how long has it been since Smithers Sr. died at that point? Hmm, that's a darn good question. Uh, Probably, I mean, bodies generally decompose if you don't embalm them within months, if not maybe a year at most. They're almost completely rotted, I believe. It's been a long time since I went through my forensics classes, but so not very long. So that would make uh, Smithers probably 10 years younger than Homer. Right. Smithers, 10 years younger than Homer. So that means Smithers is 26? 27, I believe. 27? Regardless. I don't, you know, how how old is Homer? 39, 37, 36, 38? Depends on the episode. That's how old he is. But regardless, yeah. Smithers is in his late mid to late 20s. And how long has Homer been working at the plant? I believe we said 10 years and then Maggie makes three. So technically, since no time passes between episodes, probably about 10 years. So Smithers was 15 when he started working at the plant? Apparently, yeah. Because he and he hired Homer. He was there when Homer first got hired. Right. Just a, another like kind of lazy, like, hey, we don't care if this lines up or not. Whatever. Smithers is one and got raised by Burns? Or or they do not know how long bodies take to decompose. I would also believe that. But I'm not like C- Mr. CSI or anything, 
they I know they go quick. It doesn't like I don't have to like be a genius to know that. I don't think anyone is have to be a genius to like I don't think anyone when you say, How long does it take bodies to decompose? Oh, uh, six years. I don't think anyone's gonna say that. No. Most people go like fast if you don't like put stuff in them. Put chemicals. I don't know. That was a debate back and forth, and ultimately the answer is it doesn't matter because they don't care. But it is a very strange timeline this episode's also asking to us to accept. Where Smithers is 10 years younger than Homer. Where I always considered Smithers older. Yeah, he seems like a mid-40s kind of guy rather than a, a, you know, a late-30s kind of guy like Homer. Yeah, I always thought him older than Homer. And in this, it's asking he's a decade younger? So Smithers is... Oh, I don't know. Ah, it makes my head hurt. Um, that's it for news group stuff. Some interesting stuff in there. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite love interest in the show? Lots of great answers. Appreciate everyone who takes the time. As always, first from Brian, Mindy Simmons. She and Homer seem genuinely compatible for each other, and Michelle Pfeiffer was outstanding. Uh, and Alistair, I always thought Nelson and Martin were quite cute in Lemon of Troy. I'd ship that. Oh, the idea of Nelson and Martin dating. One of these flash wow, future that would be one of these difficult. flash one of these flash future ep- episodes we're going to get uh flash forward episodes we're going to get uh, Nelson and Martin are a couple. Well, we did get uh Martin with the robot he created to be his lifelong companion, so you know, <laughs> maybe maybe he programmed it to be like Nelson. Uh from Sean the relationship uh watching Ned date Rachel then finally Edna Carrapple. I want that character to have a happy arc. 10-4 100% give yep. n- get ned a wife get ned a relationship hashtag get ned married come on guys now that you're you have yeah you got you got disney giving you money now come on right right How, get ned married How, let ned be happy again have a he likes come on get get the kids some get the kids a mom a stepmom a good stepmom a happy stepmom can't have happy characters matt nope it makes for bad tv it does uh, from AJ, I may be one of the few actually who actually kind of likes Bart pairing with Mary Spuckler. Has some genuinely good moments, and it's kind of a shame that Bart didn't realize what he had, but that would require characters to grow and change permanently. How foolish. How foolish. Uh, and that's not the only person who answers Mary Spuckler. Uh, Mike, Lisa, and Nelson, they are a great couple. Uh, Lauren, does Marge and Homer count? Despite all the people like Mindy, Lurleen, Jock that have come up throughout the years, along with the shenanigans that Homer gets into, they truly love each other. I love how they find each other in high school. And they have stayed together despite everything. I didn't really mean that in the question, but that was a well thought out answer, so I included it. Uh, Anthony, I honestly thought Mary Spuckler was one of the best girlfriends for Bart. Nikki is a close second on account of how crazy like Bart she is. Uh, from Hannah. The relationship I love to hate is Lisa and Milhouse. The way Lisa is just becoming aware of her feminine wiles and occasionally using it to manipulate Milhouse. Later episodes, Milhouse turns then right around Honor in the episode where Bar- Milhouse is fluent in Italian. Sure. So she- he turns Lisa. Okay. He seduces her with adventure and culture. He goes too far in asserting his dominance by parading a floozy in front of her. It allows Lisa to show her softer side and her powerful potential when he full and rejects Milhouse, chasing him across the rolling hills of Tuscany. Sorry. Stringfield. What can I say? Romance is boring when everyone is nice. Like, uh, what, like what we were saying uh from yeah. calculon it's nice to know calculon listens uh from actor underscore calculon such a bob of all of selma's husbands he is the classiest uh denise and karma add some synology i like laura powers laura is great 
or it was great. Yeah. Uh, Lauren at El Clumbi 88. Finally, I always like Renee for Mo. She loved him for, she loved him for him. It was genuine. And I wish she gave him a shot for real instead of walking out never to be seen again. I mean, there was that whole insurance fraud thing. Yeah. And abandoning his friend to go to jail. Maybe Mo could have done a little bit better. Uh, what's your maybe? An- maybe. What's your answer, Matt? Uh, I actually really like uh, Ned with uh, Mr. Bobble. Uh, I feel like they were a good combination and they could have gone more into that because I feel like Ned being with Edna would be a very interesting way of getting him down off his religion all the time, you know, attitude and getting back to more like the season two Ned Flanders, which, you know, may or may not what they were going for, but I really would have liked to have seen that happen. And I feel like she really could have injected some real world I don't want to say negativity, but realism uh, to Rod and Todd. And they just didn't have enough time or didn't care to you know, work with that. I, this is a tough one for me. I re- I went back and forth a lot. Um, ultimately, uh, Troy McClure is my answer. Mm. Because of how that episode manages to make what was a joke character. Troy McClure was a joke. He was like, hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may know me from... And that was him. That was that character. And that that in one episode, they humanized that character and made, made him real. And also that relationship felt real, like all about it. Just it's very, really well, really well done. And like it really demonstrates how like just having one episode focused on a guest character or supporting character can make them feel so much more real than by having them just pop up in the background over and over and over again. Just yeah. one episode where you write them like a real character, right? A real person versus just as a joke. Um, next week's question. Now that they're over with, we never have to talk about them ever again. What is your favorite Scully Years episode? I have my answer, I think. Oh, wow. All right. I'm going I'm to ruminate, obviously, about it a little bit. Um, but I'm just gonna look at the list and be like, all right, which one is it? Where Al Jean did Al Jean write? All right, it's probably one of those. You'd be correct, Matt. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to see what you guys' uh, answers are. It's I can already predict like the top five off the top of my head. I can think of them, but oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what people say. I'm always interested. Uh, and sometimes people change my mind. Sometimes listeners they go, they, they by answering a specific way, I go, oh, that's actually true. That's right, and maybe they'll sway me. Uh, that'll be that's next week's question. I'll post it on all the social media, Facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it is time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean SMART. The No Google Trivia Challenges, Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium. And one hard. Try and stump the other. I have a lead. It's a narrow lead, but it is a lead. We'll see if I can hold it up. We'll see. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I suppose. These are all from the way we was. Oh, okay. Going old school here. All right, all right. I was thinking. I was thinking flashbacks. Wonder Years has a flashback in it. I was thinking, like, what's flashback? Flashback episodes. I was like, oh, let's go back. Old school flashback. Yep. Um, here's your question: How do Homer and Marge meet for the first time? Uh, in detention. That is correct. All right. All of your questions. I forgot to write that. Uh, it's the old man and the sea student, but I forgot <laughs> to put it in the question. So I want you to know it's the old man uh, and the sea student. Okay. All right. What uh, What international athletic competition does Springfield compete for? 
it's, the, it's, it's the, 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 the Olympics. I yes, that, you are. I, I barely remember. I was like, "What episode is that? Does that happen?" Oh, right, it does. Um, <laughs> that's. I'm really. I'm paying attention to this stuff, Matt. Really, the old. The, like I don't. I'm like, wait, was that? Have we even done? I'm like, what is? Okay. Um, your medium question. What year is the way we was set in? Uh, it's in the seventies. It is nineteen. I want to say it's like the middle of the seventies. I'm gonna say seventy-four. Final answer. You're correct. Yes. Oh man, I knew it was either seventy-four or seventy-eight, and I really wanted to go with seventy-eight, but you know. Okay. Your medium question, which I think is pretty easy, but we'll see. Uh, what was Patty and Selma's submission for the Springfield mascot? A cigarette. You know what? I'm going to give it to you. Is Siggy the cigarette? Siggy is the name? Siggy. It is a stick figure guy made out of cigarettes and wielding a ashtray as a, I believe, a discus. I'll take it. All right. Okay. For all the marbles, Matt. Not really for all the marbles. Yeah. Um, you're hard to question. What are Homer? Well, see, who I should say, who are Homer's references when he asks out Marge for the first time? Uh, okay. Uh, Barney Gumble, um, the shop teacher. I need a name. Oh, of course you do. Oh, right. Um, I don't know, Mister Dingle, <laughs> and. <laughs> uh and right, go coach, ahead sorry sorry go oh, ahead sorry coach i don't know his his is the shot put coach is track coach uh coach palatki i don't know barty is correct it mm-hmm. is coach flanagan and the shop teacher's name is mistress sakovsky sakovsky of course how could i forget that but i was right about who they were to be fair matt I this this is not uh you know I this is said out loud in the episode I I, know, I, I okay I'm just I just I, it you was know? a valid question I just, I just I want it for the record that you know I got you know you did you I was surprised you got the, I was a little surprised you got 1974 because that's a little, I felt that was even yeah. I was this is one of the ones where I was waffling back and forth like is this medium is this hard I don't know yeah. it's hard to say sometimes what's my hard question your hard question. What were the three assignments we saw kids get for their punishment of losing Springfield the Olympics? Oh my Who god. Who are the kids and what do they have to do? I don't know. I I can barely Matt, I barely this episode. I can't I know I that know. there was it's the Olympics and there was Springs and obviously the old people are there. Uh and they go out they do stuff with Bart takes them on a boat. I remember that part. Okay. Uh, uh, uh so- I don't I can't tell you who's doing the they do volunteer stuff? They do. They do. Uh, are you ready for me to tell you the answer? Sure, sure. All right. So uh, it's Millhouse gets to clean up medical waste and pricks himself on something and hopefully finds the antidote. Martin uh, starts a basketball league for inner city street gangs. And Bart works at the retirement home. Okay. I knew yep. Bart. But You did. Yep. That's, you were close. Yep. Very close. I, we, we are, I still have a narrow lead over Matt this season. After today, it's a three-point lead. I'm trying to hold on. It's, di- it's difficult. Mm, it's Matt. Uh-huh. Because he's a smart boy. It is time, with that, for our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with, it is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. 
Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever, and how good they are. So, Matt, where does this one go? Uh, I... Alright, so, let's see, post-Golden Years ranking. I don't know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to filter by uh, season 12, and just, or season 13, sorry. I mean, we've Netflix. only had four four episodes so far in season 13. Five? One of them is okay, so hard. Season 12, mm-hmm. uh, or 13, uh, so far. This is the Scully years, essentially. I mean, uh, we have season trilogy 10, of error. 10 and 11 are also Scully year episodes, so it doesn't... Okay, but let's be honest. They're not going to be anywhere in the top. Okay, so uh, Scully years episodes. We're looking at Bart the Mother at 53, Trilogy of Error at 71, Lisa gets an Matt, A. Matt, 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 All Matt, of these Matt. are way better. Wait, we don't need episode. to. We don't need to go that. We do not need. I was gonna say, is it better than literally last week's episode, which is a hunk of hunk of burns in love? Is it better than that? Oh, yes, but just that's I a, guess that's maybe. That's a, I guess. I uh, I honestly don't know if it's better. Um, hunk of hunk of burns in love gets to the point a little bit faster. That's true. That's one good thing about it. But I feel like it is completely nonsensical throughout the third act. And this one kind of is, too. But at least there's a through line of how things get to where they are. I mean, there's a through line after after like 10 minutes, you mean? Well, yeah, yeah. After the the opening thing, because it's always nonsensical. I mean, in Hong Kong Birds and Love, you have the the, the cookie, the the fortune fortune cookies, like six minutes. It's only six. Yeah, Uh, that gets me. That gets I give points for that, Matt, because it only took up six minutes of nonsense instead of ten. Um, and yeah, the ending is the not Matt. The this ending of this episode is Homer keeping a man's skull in a box, and then Mo talking about band aids. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just want to make that clear. Yes, yes, it is crazy that um, I don't already forgotten the Gloria leaves burns for Snake at the end for no real reason. It true also nonsense and then they go up wander off burns wanders off with the family and makes jokes about mustaches facial hair the van dykes of the world i remember that yep um is that i think it's better though uh, i don't know it's close i there's bart of the future is directly below that and then simpsons bible stories homer's odyssey worst episode ever Monty can't buy me love beyond Blunderdome. Oof, beyond Blunderdome. I'm going to Praiseland. Homer the Mo. Pygmalion itself. Like, I, okay, it's better. I can for sure say it's better than Pygmalion. Well, that's definitely true. I think it's um, better than Pygmalion. I think it's worse than Take My Wife Sleaze. I think I would. Absolutely. I would so it's put, somewhere in that. It, I would put it at least in there somewhere. I don't know where I would put it. I feel like it's. It, it is like watchable, but that's which honestly, I I would say you know I'm not sure Homer's Odyssey is watchable. It is definitely more watchable than Homer's Odyssey because Homer's Odyssey is dull as dishwater. Um, yeah. I would say it's better than Simpsons. I'll put it above Homer's Odyssey. I think that's fair. Above Simpsons Bible stories, I think we could put it below Bar to the Future. Honestly, I mean that one's not you know horrible. Mm. Maybe I just have a soft spot for it. I, I, like I don't like Bart to the Future at all, really. No, um, no. I I used to like it, but I watched it again. 
and then I'm like, oh no, this is yeah. It, I'm with you it, it, it wastes. It's very similar to this episode. It wastes a lot of time on nothing, on things yep. that are not essential to the plot. It just it's just wandering. And that's what this episode does for a lot of time until we finally get to the mystery. And if they just gone to the mystery way earlier and actually made it a mystery and had like and build up clues and divide like, but that takes writing and work. I guess they wanted to write make jokes about paper towels instead of having a plot. Plots are hard, Robbie. I, they are. They can be because they keep you, you know. But you have to have the plot. It's the skeleton that you hang all your jokes on. You don't come up with the jokes first. You have the plot first, and then you hang the jokes. Okay. Um, I would put this. Hmm. You think Bard of the Future is better than this, Matt? Ever so slightly. Then let's let's put it right below Bard of the Future. All right. So this is the Blunder Years, and it's I think it's appropriate that the last episode of the Scully Reign of Terror is the Blunder Years because that is exactly what they were. Yeah, they were the Blunder Years. It is now number two thirty-two on our list. It is now forty-second on the post-Golden Years ranking. Our next episode, Matt, is She of Little Faith. The I'm not sure I remember what this one is about. It is the Buddhism episode. Oh, wow. I did not realize it was so... I swear this would have happened back in the Golden Years, honestly. This is the Buddhism episode. I'm really interested to see. It's, it is the first episode with the without Gene back on board as Starrunner. And if you want to see me hate something incredibly, come back for Brawl in the Family. <laughs> I'm like, I'm making no claims about Brawl in the Family. I remember she had a little faith being good, but I again, I don't know. That's we'll it. see how we'll see how it goes. The Algene years are not just suddenly a miracle cure. There, there will be many episodes that we hate in the Algene years as well. I'm just hoping there's less of them. Yeah. That's really what I'm looking for. Honestly, it's just not hating most of the episodes. Uh, she of Little Faith is next. Um, you can find this list and everything else on our website. It's the SimpsonsShow.com. Links to everything there. Our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon. If you want to throw us a couple of dollars, help out the show, help keep the lights on, pay for hosting, we really appreciate it. Um, in return, we'll give you lots and lots and lots of bonus episodes about King of the Hill, Rick and Morty, and all kinds of tangentially related Simpsons ephemera. Books, film, television, documentaries. shows by Mike Scully. Documentaries. Yes, terrible shows by Mike Scully. Um, I'll do it for us. Before we go, I you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Uh, you can find everything I do on my website, RobbieDorman.com, including a link to my new book, which come came come out came out by the time you're listening to this right now. Came out on the Sunday this dropped. So it's available on on Amazon.com or you can go to my my website and find a link to Truth. Uh you'll hear an ad. You probably already heard an ad for it before me right now, so I'm not gonna repeat all that <laughs> stuff. Um including links to all my other podcasts as well. Uh Hands Boys Comics are about comic books, Sarah Finas is about lots of nerdy stuff matt's on it sometimes talking about fantasy books generally um Indeed. matt does not participate in social media you will not find him uh that is exactly true uh, however this summer i have been spending more and more time at the beach making friends with the animals because that's what we do around here uh so uh if you have a message for me just go to your local beach or you know wherever there's sand find a little crab hand him a note uh tiny scrolls work best 
Uh, honestly, if you just kind of the sheet of paper and the little strips, probably about three or four inches long, they're tiny little crabs. Uh, but they come out and say hi to me. So you just pass it and then they will take it through their underground lava tubes uh, to the crab people home base where it will get sorted and then sent back to me here in Florida. How does the paper su- survive the lava tubes, man? Oh, uh, they're all completely climate controlled. There's not lava in the lava tubes. Lava tubes used to contain lava. Oh, before. empty lava tubes? Yes. They just walk? Exactly. Thousands of miles, presumably? Well, so they hand it off to bigger crabs. And bigger crabs, it's easier for them to walk longer distances. Matt, you're already this committed. You can just say they have, like, hyper hyper transport teleportation or something i mean honestly they are very secretive about their level of technology so it's possible they do uh you know they don't don't tell me everything fair enough i'm rami and i'm matt and keep watching this it says Shh.